to linger here like this Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two On the front porch with you Hello and welcome to On the Front Porch with us, your regular Disney podcast. I am Tony Pascal. I am Josh Whitehead. Welcome. It's it's October. It's spooky time for everybody. The pumpkins are alive and coming to us now. Huh. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Tony. If you didn't know, it's it's. October. So what that means is that you're going to sing uh, the intro for some reason. I'm going to sing sing the intro. This is why <laughs> this is why I don't sing cuz I get criticized. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, that's your your horror story right there. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it for real. This is this is our show. It is an adult comedy podcast where we talk about Disney movies in a comedy book club style for any of those that this is your first time joining us. Let me tell you all about what we do here. It's a comedy comedy book club style show for adults. I just said that. Nice. Let's let's get to it. Let Tony, here's the thing. I think that we need to get back to our roots. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're we're, we're at a point now where we're just too famous, Tony, is the thing. Okay. We're we're we, we've become too much of media moguls. I think it's important that we go back to our roots and and start thinking of like we start thinking of ways that we can sort of bridge that back. Maybe it's new segments. Maybe it's it's more guests. I don't know what it is, but like I, I'm thinking, I'm leaning more towards new segments. So I guess we should. I wanted to to sort of take this time with you huh. for like a, a minute or two to really like break down what what sort of things we could add to the show. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe we could add like more of a like I don't know like a place for us to talk more about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. That could be that. What, what would you call that segment? Bitten. Uh, bitten. Once bitten, tw- twice Disney. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh. All right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 We. What. What if we had like a. What if we had like a segment where we we dive into. Anytime there's like food on the screen, right? You say, "Boy, I'm hungry." Boy, boy, I'm hungry. There's food on the the screen. So right, and that's I'm glad it. That's the whole after Ratatouille because that would that's like literally would have been the whole podcast. right. Boy, I'm hungry. Right. Boy, I'm hungry. Boy, I'm hungry. <laughs> boy, 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 am I hungry? Boy, I'm hungry. <laughs> instead, <laughs> instead, we said, no, it, I love Colette a lot. <laughs> yeah, and if it's a, if it's if there's food continuously on the screen, you have to say it over the course of the entire time that food is on the screen, this right? Just so like you a say really like dumb drinking game where instead of drinking, you just boy. say stuff. <laughs> No, so that that's sort of one, and you don't you don't talk about it. That's the whole bit. You just say, "Boy, I'm hungry." Sure. Yeah. What, what what else? What else you got? What else you got in mind? Getting back to our roots, huh? Um, yeah. Maybe get back to those roots. Maybe if uh, we did a, the same show that we've already done before, like a, right. like a whole callback episodes, so we just like do the Goofy movie again for some reason. Yeah. Oh, we talk about the podcast. We oh, talk about shit. how That'd we reviewed yeah. the Goofy movie. Okay, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the next episode will be Tony and Josh review their own Tony and Josh's. Yeah. of the... <laughs> you know, at this point, at this point, Tony just was not funny, is the thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I've really got my, <laughs> uh, I've got my wings underneath me now, and now I'm funny, and everybody laughs at my jokes, but that was yeah, very Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that would be a good well, how how that that's that's a good one but i'm i'm thinking more of like segments for the show right so like what if what if on one of the segments i just say hey tony knock knock wait are you saying you want a segment that's like a a, a knock knock joke segment cuz that it's not really like a Disney podcast segment thing. Yeah, but like, there? Uh, but but it's more on the comedy side though. So it's like it's like knock knock, Tony. Who's there, Josh? Th- uh, that's it. That's the whole bit. That's. Wait a second, Josh. <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> no, that was the whole okay, thing. You got to. And then we move on to the next famous. Uh... <laughs> right. Now, now that now that we've brought ourselves back, uh, and. <laughs> I've decided to stop shopping at Whole Foods and and move back to Harris Teeter. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now we've got our feet firmly on the ground. It is the start of October. This episode is coming out, and we've got some serious discussion to do, Tony. So this one, this week, we are talking about bedknobs and broomsticks, which isn't, like, spooky, but it's about witches and Nazis, so, like, it's kind of spooky. It's the beginning of October, so it's, like, just the... We're just starting to dip our toes into spookiness. Yeah, we gotta we gotta ease our way in yeah. to the spooky. So let's. I, I guess this is a good time to to talk about it, Tony. We had a really exciting time, or I had an exciting time talking to a guest this week, a very very well known podcaster, host of the show Beckett to the Future, a Quantum Leap podcast. I got to talk to Rachel Rosing. Whoa. You may also recognize the name from My Brother, My Brother and Me. She is a recurring name on the show. She she sends in Yahoo Answers questions on, on the show, and she was great. It was an awesome interview. We'll get to that later. But thank you so much again, Rachel. Go check out Beckett to the Future. We'll talk about it at the end. Tony, we are talking about Bedknobs and Broomsticks, 1971. It's about Nazis and witches. What are your first impressions? Uh, shittier Mary Poppins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, it's I actually, so long. Dude, it's so it, long. It is very long. It's, like, amazing how long it is. Yeah. Well, and the other thing was, like, I think one of the characters, I think the male character in this movie is also in Mary Poppins. No, he, well, or, like, the, they wanted to get the main guy from Mary Poppins to be the main guy for this one, too. What's his name? Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, Dick Van Dyke. They wanted to get Dick Van Dyke to be, like, the main guy for this movie. I actually think the 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 leading male character in this movie he's the is dad. like the father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so right. I don't know if he's got the same name. If it's the same character, then that's awesome. <laughs> so he just like moved to. <laughs> yeah, he just moved over there, got some kids, and uh, and met another witch. So yeah, it's like a shittier Mary Poppins. Angela Lansbury is pretty much the only redeeming quality about this movie. But it was directed in 1971 by Robert Stevenson, came out in 1971. It's set in 1940 in England, and there are Nazis and uh, witchcraft. And let's just let's just dive right in, Tony. I agree. It's a long movie, man. This is like – so here's the thing. I remember really liking this movie as a kid. And actually, the last time I watched it was in high school, and I like made all of the Disney Movie Club people watch it. And I liked it then too, I think, but I like hate it now. My tastes have changed. <laughs> I like no. watched back it and I was like, wow, this is awful. <laughs> I was like super excited to talk about it. After Dinosaur, no. I was like, we need to have a good movie. And then <laughs> it yeah. be movie. So, so here's the thing. Like I, when, when I watched it, I, I watched it like a month ago and I took notes then. And I, I am looking at my notes now and they are just so confusing. 
I, I have no idea what any of them mean. I've got a couple that I'm like, okay, yeah, I remember that. Like, But for the most part, they're just slews of words just crammed together that I have no idea what they mean. So I'm, I'm going to read them occasionally, yeah, no. and then you can sort of help me. I got you. <laughs> okay. This is going to be great. <laughs> okay. um, no, but like for real, though, this is like a funny – like it's a funny movie in that it's absurd. It's like – Yeah. It's going to – Yeah. It's not a good movie, but it is funny because it's like crazy. Uh, yeah, let's and there are a lot of like in in the the conversation with Rachel Rosing, we talk a lot about like the feminist elements, which is a big part of what this movie is. Yes, and so we're we're gonna get to that stuff too. But for now, why don't you take a second and pause and unpause? We're back. You watched it or not? If, if you didn't, this watch one's it, okay. Yeah, I, you know. <laughs> This one's, it's fine if you don't, but... We're going to be funnier you, than the movie for sure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, Tony, themes. What what themes did you pick up? So, I'm going to actually do this one sort of seriously. The The theme, the moral of the story is that, like, this witch, this badass witch lady should have joined the army, but instead the dumbass dude who didn't know anything and couldn't do anything joined the army. Uh, yeah. And that's a weird theme. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a weird theme. The The main themes that I picked up are the feminist ones. Those are the, the clear ones. The one the idea that, like, she's a witch and she has to use her powers for good and to help people. And the moment that she starts being selfish about it is when things start to go wrong for her. And that she's she is an independent up until the point that the kids show up. And then she sort of has her independence stripped away from her because she has to take care of these kids. Yeah. Um, but that's like that's like everybody pitching in for like the war effort. That didn't sure. bother me that much. It was really the like <laughs> it was really the like I can literally turn a tank into a, a monster and like shoot it at the the Germans. And instead yeah. we've decided that I'm going to give up because I don't like poison liver. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a weird it was a weird ending. That part really bothered me. The beginning, like her like taking on the kids was actually kind of a cool like thing because like that actually happened. And like Yeah. Like yes, like she didn't want to do it, and yes, she lost her independence, but that was like a uh like that's character development like for that character, and I didn't mind that because like I did I did mind everything that the other guy did. <laughs> he was such an asshole the whole movie. Yes, I hated he was the guy. worst. We're going to get to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we do, I want to go ahead and do this interview with Rachel Rosing. Here is that interview. So, hey, everybody. I am joined this week by Rachel Rosing. Really excited to have her on. Rachel, hello. Thank you for being on the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you may know Rachel from the podcast Beckett to the Future, a Quantum Leap podcast. Rachel, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, so I'm going to operate on the assumption that people already know what Quantum Leap is and the premise of that. <laughs> Believe me, I've yeah. had to start from square one explaining this. But my <laughs> podcast watches Quantum Leap uh, in chronological order of the leap dates that Sam leaps to. So uh, all kind of crazy jumbly order on these episodes. We... Yeah, I, you guys are in the 60s right now. I listened to one that was in the 1800s or something like that. that was one the of the first slavery one. ones. Yes. Yeah. I really enjoyed that one. I thought that the was good. Episode that entirely fully broke the rules that he's leaping to <laughs> dates within his own lifetime. It was season five. The entire episode, the entire season five, like jumped the shark for that show. 
and they're like, <laughs> what if he leaps into his genetic ancestor in the Civil War? Let's do that. <laughs> it was a super weird episode for us to begin our podcast on. I imagine. The first time we talked, I was like, I, I realized that I recognized your name from other than just the show is uh, you're also well-known on My Brother, My Brother and Me as one of the Yahoo Answers warriors, as it were. What got yes. you into doing that? I mean, I had just, I had discovered that podcast and I realized that people were, you know, sending in these Yahoos and I was like, oh, I bet I could try that. <laughs> and I think maybe like the first or second one I ever sent in, like got onto the show yeah. And that's a, that's a really easy way to get hooked. You know, it's <laughs> the opposite of discouraging when you just, like, get one straight out of the gate. And I'm like, yeah. oh, man, I should keep doing this. Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoy that about that show. And the fact that I it, it happened to be you, I was like, wow, that's really cool. So, first of all, thank you again for being on the show. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, myself? Um, yes. So, right, let's go old school internet, A-I-S-L. I am about to turn 38 years old. I am a lady. I live in Oregon, United States. I divorced my ex-husband about three or four years ago, and that was a significant change in my life. And definitely when I started, like, diving into the social world of podcasts, so made a lot of cool friends since then. Uh, I have a couple of amazing dogs and an amazing boyfriend who lives with me who I got into the wonderful world of podcasts. <laughs> and, uh, cool. Yeah. And I'm all about fucking fighting the power. Down with capitalism and the patriarchy. Yeah. Fuck the patriarchy. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> okay well uh you may be aware on our show whenever we have a guest we do these these rapid fire questions and if you are ready i've got a couple for you now all right shoot okay here we go favorite disney princess uh you know i have such a soft spot in my heart for ariel i was exactly the age when little mermaid <laughs> came out for that to just like speak to my soul to really hit home yeah yeah uh favorite non-disney princess uh <laughs> I don't Rapid fire. No, any. I know, but I can't even <laughs> think of one. Diana, just because I can't think of another non. Okay, that princess. that one works. Yeah. Favorite Disney witch. Well, I mean, I feel like since we're discussing bed knobs and broomsticks, I should go there. But frankly, Ursula. Ursula, sure. <laughs> uh, favorite non-Disney witch. Hmm. Boy, I wish I was more into the occult and I could just say myself. <laughs> but I am going to go with, like, which, no, which mountain was Disney? Ooh. Yeah. If, you know, I come on a Disney podcast, I put my brain in Disney mode. <laughs> you can pass if you need right. to. No, you know what? Like, we'll go a three-way tie with the witches uncharmed. Okay, that works. Yeah. And then lastly, favorite Quantum Leap episode. Oh, man. We have not yet gotten to the episode where Sam leaps into a glitter rock band, but okay. <laughs> we've seen the, like, we've gotten to the episode that is before that in air date order, so that, like, I've seen the little two-minute outro of it, and I have a CD of the music from Quantum Leap, so I've heard the song from that episode, 
and frankly it's just like the driving force of the passion behind my podcast right now is just like getting to the fucking glitter rock episode once we get there okay yeah because it's like the 70s it's gonna be a while till we get there it will be 2019 (laughs) okay well great you passed you did really well and and congratulations you made it through um So we are talking coming up with non-Disney answers for witches and princesses. (laughs) So we are talking, of course, about bedknobs and broomsticks. It's 1971. We it's set in 1941. So we've got a little bit of a time difference there. Tell me about why specifically you wanted to do this one. So I revisited bedknobs and broomsticks uh, maybe four or five years ago. First time viewing it as an adult. And all Mm -hmm. I had remembered about it from my childhood was like, oh, it's one of those movies that mixes live action and animation. And I remembered them like traveling on this bed. And that was all I remembered. So five years ago, as a full grown adult, I check it out again. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. This movie is witches fighting Nazis. And I somehow (laughs) missed that entirely when I was a child. Yeah. Fuck yeah. (laughs) I didn't actually even ask at all if I could swear on your Disney podcast. No, you're good. You're good. Good. So fuck yeah. I mean, it's Witches Fighting Nazis. It's amazing. Yeah. Also a big Angela Lansbury fan, so. Yeah, of course. Who isn't? (laughs) The the funny thing that I think, because I also hadn't seen this movie in maybe like 10 years when I watched it yesterday. And so I, I feel like I remember it being more cartoon than like live action. Yeah, and so same. I and I yeah you're right I forgot about the Nazis entirely I I just remember them traveling to this this magical world and there being a king lion that was a lot like King Richard and or King yeah King Richard King John and it's oh King John thank you King Richard is his brother King Richard the lion hearted <laughs> even but then yeah. in Robin Hood it was Prince John Prince yeah. John yes. I remember thinking wow they really don't spend that much time hanging out with these animals i remember this being like the majority of the movie and it was maybe 10 minutes and it was just them playing soccer yeah and just <laughs> and frankly not even a very interesting soccer game i watched the movie with my boyfriend and definitely he pointed out how that scene starts to drag and they're just reusing like the exact same shot four times in a row yeah yeah he was like well and that happened a couple of times hacky and lame like, eh, yeah, it, well, yeah, that happened with a couple of the dance scenes, too. They just kept doing them. And I'm like, oh, my God, are we ever going to get through these? Right. And this is a movie <laughs> that is almost a solid two hour movie. So it's not yeah. like, oh, we have to fill out the time padding it with extra dancing and soccer. <laughs> <laughs> no, we could we could have cut all that stuff out. It could have been a been, tight 90 minutes. Yeah, it would have been a, it would have been fine. It would have been perfectly fine. Yes. Um, so one of the things that we talked about when we were prepping for this movie was the feminist aspect of this movie, right? Mm-hmm. So from from the very beginning, it's this woman that lives alone and practices witchcraft. And she's not, she she's like going back to school. She's like an older woman going back to school for witchcraft. I think that's really exciting. I uh, mean, this time around when I watched the movie, I kind of pegged her at close to my age. So older mm-hmm. woman going back to school, fine. 
And she, well, I, I don't know. I, I honestly couldn't tell how and, old she know, was. She, yeah, Angela no, Lansbury is tricky. is frankly ageless. When you watch her in a court yeah. jester, she's gorgeous and 20 years old. And then when you watch yeah. her in Murder, She Wrote, she's your grandma. And everything in between is just this, like, amorphous, weird, non-age. Yeah. So. She's, she's hard to pin down in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't quite tell. But uh, the other thing that I noticed is that she talks a lot about her father. And it's like... We, we keep coming back to it and she keeps referencing him and yeah, I, it, I guess it was her childhood home yeah right. i don't know i sort of i mean it's easy to headcanon that her father was like an educated scholar who like encouraged his daughter to read a lot and like open her mind and yeah. um yeah like i would watch a prequel to ben and broomsticks <laughs> yeah i would pay good money to see that yeah so from the beginning we see this very powerful woman right and like this very independent woman that is maybe pretty uncommon at the time for 1940 and then all of a sudden she gets these three kids dropped on her lap and she she is like i don't want to take care of these kids it's not my problem what what would you say is this okay with you at the beginning that the fact that they just sort of drop these three kids on her well like it only is okay with me because i know that historically, like, that's the shit that was happening during World War II in England. Um, right. I mean, this movie could just as easily have been Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe. England's mm-hmm. not very big. A lot of people lived in London, which was, like, a number one target for bombs. So they're like, hey, why don't we, like, send our kids to places that are not number one targets for bombs? Because the first time that Nazis were a big problem in the world, we also apparently cared about children. Like, that's... <laughs> A difference between then and now so they were absolutely sending kids to live in the country yeah and uh yeah and everybody was expected to just sort of like do their duty and help out so i didn't so much have a problem with the kids being initially forced on her then the fact that it turned out where it's like oh these kids are spunky orphans and then we discussed this before recording, but the fact that the last five minutes of the movie pulls, like, a complete reverse switcheroo, and she's like, eh, I shouldn't be a witch anyways. Anyways, I'm your new mom. Uh, <laughs> that part I was only a witch for this one spell. She's like, I realized that I couldn't hang with poison dragon livers, so I'll, instead of being a witch, just be a cool mom. <sighs> Yeah, and and the whole thing it, she was it a seems really good well, witch. Yeah, she was. Well, it, not at the beginning. She had she messed up some spells, but that wasn't really her fault. So, I guess I guess my thing is we and it it happens at the end of the movie that it just sort of switches. But throughout the entire movie, once like she she's independent, she gets the kids, she still seems strong and independent. When they meet the guy, Amelius Brown, he sort of takes takes the lead almost like they they kind of like short draft her character so that he can take the lead on stuff he definitely tries to take the lead and we have kind of more than one scene of him trying to take the lead and kind of being bumbling and ineffectual like the movie is still showing us that she is the one who's capable but there were two particular bits with him that had smoke coming out of my ears and and yeah. the first is when they get that weird magical medallion from the lion and yeah. she goes to like take it from him and he's like oh no I'll keep hold of it women are always losing things 
<laughs> to which I kind of wanted to be it. like, wait a minute, I thought it was, oh, women always carrying their purses everywhere. Ha ha ha. Is it that or that we're losing shit? What the hell? And then, yeah. I don't know, 10 or 20 minutes later when he... Uh, after he was like, I'm going to be a coward, and then he changes his mind, and he's like, I won't be a coward, and he comes back to sort of <laughs> save the day, and he's looking through all of the spells on her desk, and he's like, oh, why can't women organize anything? <laughs> I also, when that happened, I was like, whoa, yeah. let's let's back up a little bit. It, the, the one that bothered me, and those bothered me, obviously, because it was just outright sexist bullshit, but the the one that really bothered me, and it was a little bit more subtle, was the fact that when they got to the, the football game, they got to the soccer game, and he's like, she's she sees the king yelling at his assistant, and she's like, oh, we should do something. And he's like shut up woman i'm gonna go in there and and talk to him i've got this covered yeah. and she's like okay i guess and so he he but the whole scene the whole soccer scene is let's watch him while the woman and the kids sit on the sideline and it's like five minutes five to ten minutes of him doing stuff of him getting and trampled. them sitting on the sidelines yeah it, it seemed unnecessary. Like, why Why was he the only one that got to participate in that scene? It was a weird comic relief scene they were going for. That's my only explanation for yeah. why that soccer game dragged out so long. I, and I, I get that. I just, I, it bothered me so much that she was sitting on the sidelines. So another She's clearly more capable than him. Another thing the movie did that I don't know if I was just reading into the nuance of Angela Lansbury's brilliant performance or what. But towards the end, when the kids are trying to be like, oh, he's going to be our new dad, right? And you'll be our mom. And the kids are almost like trying to push for a romance between the two of them. And meanwhile, the, yeah. whole, the whole movie, you're just sitting here going like, please don't have them have a romance. Fucking please don't turn this into a romance. And then the kids yeah. start pushing for it. And then he makes this sort of speech about how he's got to leave and how maybe when the war is over, then... They can see each other again. And the look on Angela Lansbury's face is such like a strained, pained look that I personally interpret it as like, dude, you're misreading the situation. Like, I'm not needing you to come back and be in my life, but I'm just kind of kind of politely grimace and like, let you pretend that like, if that's what you need to believe, sure. <laughs> but like, like the look I, on her no, face you're right. specifically after he says like I could come back here after the war is such a cross between like a cringe yeah. or like I just smelled something bad. <laughs> um, it was yeah, really and wonderful. She, she's like she she has that look on her face, and I think in like I, I imagine this as like a Casablanca scene. Like if she actually liked him at all, she would have been like, "No, you can't go." Yeah. But she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't like him. He's awful. Yeah. And the kids are like, oh, you're our new dad now. She's not even your new mom right now. She's just housing you. Uh-huh. Um, so it's not like, it's not like this is your new parents. You still have parents. I'm not sure they did. <laughs> like, Again, I kind of think that they were just moved up to the country out of an orphanage. They definitely, okay, they may have been orphans. They had the demeanor of, like, cocky, spunky, cockney orphans. I loved, by well, the way, all of their, like, cockney rhyming slang. <laughs> Those kids I, were, I, uh... 
spectacular. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to talk about this when we do the episode. Me and my brother talk about the episode. But one of the things that I did during the movie was I kept a fuck you Charlie tally of all the times that I out loud said fuck you Charlie. Um, and it's like 12. <laughs> That, that's how bad it was. I hated Charlie so much. I think the other two were fine. Yeah. But he just bothered me so much. Oh, yeah. He was like an antagonistic asshole. That's what happens when you're at the yeah. age of not believing. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So one of the other things that you brought up when, when we first talked about this was the fact that it was about Nazis. And at this point in history, everybody universally agreed that Nazis are bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, whoever thought we'd been nostalgic for that time way back when everybody agreed that Nazis were the bad guys. <laughs> um, I live in Oregon, and just yesterday in Portland, uh, a couple of white supremacist Nazi-adjacent groups had a big old totally legal demonstration, because, you know, they applied for permits, and so, you know, freedom of speech, they're allowed to have their big old demonstration, and they had body armor and fucking masks and, like, racist, you know, Confederate flags. A lot of real horse shit. And <laughs> there, so, of course, there were also counter-protesters and, like, Antifa showed up to be like, hey, yeah. Nazis, get out of our town. Um, right. The cops went ahead and protected all of the Nazis and attacked the counter-protesters. Um, so that's cool. Thanks, yeah. America. Thanks, cops. <laughs> and the fact that I was just, I was discussing this yesterday with my boyfriend, and I almost feel like if we were just even 10 or 15 years further into the future, so that, like, for sure everyone that fought in World War II was dead, I would maybe be like, well, yeah, like, Nazis are back, but there's nobody alive left who fought against Nazis to remind us that, like, what the hell's going on? But, oh, my God, there are still Americans alive today who fought against Nazis. <laughs> and they're, you know, they're 90 years old and they've figured out the Internet enough to go on Twitter and be like, what are you doing? I fought against yeah. these guys. And apparently still, you know, we've got our presidents, like, good people on both sides. And we've literally got rallies with people burning swastikas. And, Jeez. uh you know it's fine by which i mean it's not fine it's very upsetting <laughs> so yeah to watch movies where it's like do 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 nazis are bad it's not even a subject that's up for debate it's just yeah. taken for granted <laughs> well one of the things about this movie that i thought was interesting was that nazis are kind of just like a background feature of this movie mm -hmm. it's not even like it's not a major theme. They say, like, oh, yeah, the Nazis are here. The Nazis are coming for us. And then at one point the Nazis show up. But they don't, like... Uh, I wouldn't say that racism or, like, white supremacy is a theme of the movie. No. Because it's not really, like, a, a prevalent thing that they mention a whole bunch. It's more about, like, imagination. From what I understand, and I do admit I haven't read the details, but wasn't Walt Disney kind of an anti-Semite? Oh, uh, yes. Yes. To, to a degree. Right. So, to a degree. you know, he was still an American and he knew that, like, Germany were the bad guys in that war that we had. But, you know. Yeah. And he did also, he did fight in World War One as well. So there, there was, there's some stuff there that, yes, he, he was known for being a little racially charged at moments. But I think, and it's seen in, in a lot of older Disney movies, too. We talked about it 
in or we're gonna talk about it in dumbo we see it all the time in like movies like aristocats and things like that yeah yeah Yeah, like there's a lot of racially charged moments in older disney movies every aspect of american media and culture has that yeah exactly can't single out disney right and so i think that when we get to like now it's becoming less and less of an issue still there but not as bad one of the things that we talked about as well sort of moving on to the next point that we talked about when we were prepping for this was witches in media Mm -hmm. and this is something that's becoming a little bit better now when we talked you had mentioned that in your experience there's a lot of negative witches there's like a a lot of evil witches in media yeah i mean wicked witch Um, is like the term people think of what struck me when I was watching this was that this, yeah, this was the seventies and it was just like, Oh yeah, she's a witch and she's a good witch. And that wasn't even something to blink at. And then also kind of around that same era in American entertainment, we had bewitched where, you know, again, Mm -hmm. she's a good witch is, you know, just a screwball comedy about a witch. Uh, We had, (laughs) I dream of genie, which frankly, a genie is just another culture's witch. Um, yeah sort of but we had all that and then in the 80s they kind of went away because the 80s was also when like a bunch of parents were like dungeons and dragons is a tool of satan Um, yeah right after dnd first came out yeah. yeah and there sort of became like the 80s a lot of shit got more conservative in culture and in america and we didn't really have the good witches and then they're back again you know we but practical magic was late 90s or something Um, yeah but one thing that has kind of occurred to me about quote-unquote good witches since we uh, talked the other day about this is that and this kind of goes along with feminism and sexism is that it seems as though the the signifier of a good witch the Mm -hmm. rules as to what makes a witch good as opposed to wicked is that a good witch does not use her magic for anything for herself. Mm-hmm. She's completely selfless. She uses her magic yeah. to help other people and never for her own purposes. And generally, yeah. you'll find in these stories, I think, pro- I don't know, probably even a dozen episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch that delve into this, that if she does use her magic for a selfish reason, it's always going to turn around and backfire and bite her in the ass. And yeah. it really, like, that falls so in line with the way, like, the patriarchy expects women to be, like, 100% self-sacrificing and, yeah. like, just helpful and not need anything for themselves and just in a role of, like, servitude. <laughs> Yeah, and this is this is interesting that you bring this up because I noticed the exact same thing when I was looking at Disney witches specifically. Like you have the the driving force of a villain in older Disney movies is not like searching for power or searching for ego. It seems like older Disney villains are very like one dimensional. They they're out for evil, right? So when you look at older Disney witches like the one in Snow White or Maleficent, they are just evil witches. Right. Versus when we get to newer witches that are still evil characters, when you look at, like, Dr. Facilier or you look at, like, Ursula, 
they are they're a little bit more fleshed out right they've got more than just one dimension we see them desiring things whether it's power or whether it's influence they they also desire things mother gothel you know she's got she she does care about rapunzel but she's also like self-serving so she's not just an evil person she's she's a witch but she also cares Mm -hmm. and so the fact that she is interested she she loves this daughter but she's also interested in keeping herself young and beautiful that makes her evil there was and so no go ahead yeah there's there's some weird stuff there i think that the fact that We've got nice witches, too, later that, you know, you've got, obviously, you've got Miss Price in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. You've got, like, Harry Potter lore that is everybody's nice witches. It's it's crazy to me that that's the case. You're right. Well, so an interesting kind of graph that I saw maybe a couple years ago now was... Mm -hmm a graph of sort of approval ratings and people's general opinion on Hillary Clinton graphed over mm-hmm. time of her career and basically whenever she was at her most hated was when she was striving for something so mm-hmm. like when she just was first lady people thought she was pretty cool and that was fine but then when she ran for Senate <laughs> in New York, when she appeared to be trying for something and wanting to get something, people started hating her again. Then she became right. a senator in New York, and like, oh, it turned out she was pretty cool, and people liked her. The approval rating went back up. Then yeah. she, you know, tried for the next thing. I don't remember what, if it, you don't run for Secretary of State, but whatever the next thing was she tried for, all of a sudden everybody hated her again. Then she was Secretary of State, and people thought she was pretty cool, and it was fine. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. There was, like, a graph. Then she ran for president. Like, how dare you want something, you woman? And all of a sudden, she's the devil again. So, like, I mean, like, it's funny, but it's also horrifically depressing. (laughs) Yeah, it is. You're Uh, right. Yeah, like, that what is... uh, number one trait that will make a woman unlikable in the eyes of the general public in America for her to want something and try to get it. So that's why we have these good witches who use their powers to help their nation by fighting Nazis or to like help (laughs) their husband by making a casserole for his boss or like for whatever thing these good witches are using their powers for none of the things they're doing are for themselves yeah yeah that's a that's a really good point the last the last sort of thing i have for you and it's sort of along the same lines is you bring up ursula as your favorite disney witch yeah like Um, the little mermaid was the first thing as a kid that i like saved up all of my allowance money and like went and bought it on home video to own um it's a problematic (laughs) movie by a long shot and i'll pick it apart you know all day long but it it was just the right age for it (laughs) it will never not so nothing specific about ursula well i mean she's real sassy and she's real strong um (laughs) like i i do also just love ursula is a really great villainess probably the first one to be that well rounded out i think i think that because you know this was the the little mermaid was the beginning of this like resurgence of disney movies in the late 80s they hadn't really been doing Disney princess movies for a long time and then they came back out with Little Mermaid 
And what we had was a witch who was after some legitimate power, and she didn't just hate the princess for being prettier than her. Yeah, it was about... It was more about getting revenge on her brother. Yeah. Then, yeah. I, I agree. I think that's interesting. And, and you're right. She's by far one of the sassiest villains she in was, Disney. I, from to what date. I remember reading, I think she was actually modeled after a drag queen. Yes, she was. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so, great. I'm I totally love it so down much. with that. I would like more villainesses to be modeled after drag queens. Yeah. Yeah, for, just for the sassy factor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like when she squished the little clam open and like turned it into like perfect bright red lipstick and then like kissed the me- I was in love with that. <laughs> like that probably was planted the seed of me spending the next 30 years of my life looking for the perfect shade of red lipstick. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Tell us a little bit about your podcast and where to find it. Okay. Uh well, so as I mentioned before, we are Beckett to the Future, a name that I thought was a clever pun and didn't think would confuse me, and yet more than once we've been gun recording and I say, welcome to Beckett to the Future, a Back to the Future podcast. Wait, (laughs) that's not what we are. We're a Quantum Leap podcast. We watch and review episodes of Quantum Leap in chronological order of the dates that Sam leaps to, not the order they aired on TV. We discuss each episode, we go through the plot, we talk about things that have aged well and things that have not aged well. This is a show that for its time was extremely progressive and like socially aware but then when you watch it 20 years later you're like oh no this white man thinks he just solved racism. (laughs) Uh, A lot of episodes like that. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, and then we discuss the episodes, we give it ratings based on how watchable it is, based on how dangerous a situation Sam leaps into. There are some doozies for danger. And yeah. we discuss Al's outfits, which is my personal like pet segment his fuck man, Al's fashion is I've been slowly piece by piece building myself some Al cosplay. <laughs> one day okay uh so it's myself and it's don gildenmeister a very good friend of mine and yeah it comes out uh, we slowed up a little for the summertime we're coming out bi-weekly but we'll probably pick it back up in the fall to every week if you google us beckett to the future you'll find that we have you know a website and a twitter and we're on itunes and we've got a facebook group and uh all that good stuff and it's a lot of fun and uh, check us out all right well everybody please go check out beckett to the future thank you so much rachel for being on the show and uh hopefully we can do it again sometime yes thank you for having me thank you so much rachel for being on the show again you can find her show beckett to the future on itunes go check it out it's a great show she's an awesome person thank you so much for being on the show so let's let's jump into the story tony there is just the funniest beginning to this show or to this movie i think i i loved the whole like the 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 guy walking down the street and saying which way is the the place that i'm going and the guy painting the fence is like or painting the the sign is like are you a nazi and he's like no i i don't i'm not a nazi i'm a good person and the guy's like well that's what you'd say if you was a nazi wasn't it i'm not allowed to tell you where to go because that's why i'm painting this sign so that way the nazis don't know where to go (laughs) yeah we don't want the nazis to know where to go 
I think it's funny too that they're worried about the Nazis coming to this little like English town that's in the middle of nowhere, and the Nazis do come to this little English town that's in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> but not not many. It's not many Nazis, right? It's like twenty Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, we move on. There are a bunch of old guys fighting. Old guys holding guns. They're the Home Guard. The, yep. the home, home Home Guard. Um, <laughs> kids are being picked up by people because they're leaving like London so like their families yeah. are in London but the kids are being shipped to the countryside because London's being bombed uh, Angela Lansbury's character whose name escapes me because she's I, I just wrote down AL for the, all of it Angela Lansbury is unhappy yeah, to take fine. kids because she doesn't want to have kids yep but she does anyway she gets a broom shaped package I wonder what's in there oh I think it's a broom I think she's a witch uh, it's, there's a it's bad part guy of the package. priest who seems important to me. He seems like a main character who's going to definitely be like really critical to the story. Um, he's just yeah. an asshole priest who wants to marry Angela Lansbury to take uh, yeah. her land, and that's like that's his story arc. And just like wait, because there's going to be a lot of like really good priest moments. He's definitely like a yeah, critical you get character. Those... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote I wrote down some pretty pretty hefty stuff for that character. He's He's like he's like the he's like the game changer. Um, yeah, it's like him and the like the postmaster lady who like is a matchmaker right. slash like they're playing into like a gossip stereotype with her. But right, uh, so she takes home these kids. She's got three kids now. Suddenly she's she's a, a woman with three kids, and she goes home and she like puts down some newspaper for them. And... She's so like weird with them. She's like, <laughs> she's super, she's okay. super awkward. She's like, okay, this is a, a bed. Um, this is what beds look like. And maybe you should this... stay in this uh, bed. Uh, and they're like, these are, yeah. these are walls. If you, if you like them, you can touch them. Uh, feel free to touch the walls. <laughs> There's uh... a bathroom in this house. Uh, when you buy them, yeah. uh, you can use it for uh, general bathroom things. Yep. Why don't why don't you guys wash up before dinner? And the kids are like, "Wash? What the fuck? Are you stupid?" <laughs> um, yeah, so, that was a so good we time. Get, we get that that they're like not from a great like from a uh, uh, aristocratic upbringing. Like this is the biggest house they've they've been in. It's only for one person. What? So yeah. we find yeah, out yeah, that yeah. the kids are like poor. Um, I I I don't know, Tony. I I don't know if you caught this when when the interview was happening, but. Uh, one of the things I said in the interview was that I kept a running tally of the times I out loud said, fuck you, Charlie. Um, <laughs> so we, we've got already, by by this point in the story, I'm already up to like two or three check marks. Okay, yeah, um, let's do a quick like rundown on the, the, the main characters. There's yeah, the Charlie. Kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's Paul, who's the like little kid. Charlie's a fucking asshole, like twelve. Just old. the worst. Um, he is uh, a seventh grader for all my seventh yeah. grader teachers out there. What? What? And this is like <laughs> actually a real re representation of what seventh graders are like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, blackmail, blackmail, and and and, and let's extortion try and, and kill some people. I hate everyone right this second. <laughs> yeah. And now I don't. Yes, that's that's real. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's the the uh, girl whose name starts with an H. Josh, help me out. Is it Helen? I don't know. I don't 
know. They don't say anybody's name in this movie. It's so weird. They like maybe have said them once. Uh, Angela Lansbury. Except for Charlie, because I know Charlie. I say Charlie's name a lot. Angela Lansbury's character is um, is Miss Price. I just remembered. Uh, sure, Miss Price. Yeah, they so they don't say her name, which is like pretty shitty. Like they like well, she's not they, a they mention that's, her like, name really that important in the movie. They though. mention her first name during the song. I don't remember what it is though. It's a weird name. So yes, so they they have no parents. Their uh, aunt died. They're planning to run away, and she's like, "Yes, I wouldn't maybe do that." Um, <laughs> and I was like, I just wrote down, God, this movie starts out so slow. No wonder it's yeah, two and a half hours long. Like, kind of like boring. Thirty at the minutes. Beginning. They just like are setting up this backstory, and it's so long. Uh, yeah. And, and like, and then she's a witch, and now we start to do stuff. Uh, yeah. There's this great the, scene with where she's like trying to get on the broom. Uh, yeah. Where it's like she's reading, take an easy, graceful sideways position on the broom. And she like, like because super it's lady like yeah, and she like has a fun fight site, fun fight scene with the broom where she's like yeah. battling the broom to get out of the out of the way. Uh, the kids see her yeah. flying, yeah. <laughs> and Paula's like, "What? What's she doing?" And the girl's <laughs> like, "Well, that's what witches do." And, the, and Paul's like, "Oh, they're all very nonchalant <laughs> about this witchcraft." <laughs> they're all like, <laughs> and "They're like." Oh yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure pretty sure that's what witches do. Oh yeah, cool. okay, cool. Oh, she's yeah, a witch cool, then. Cool. Yeah, all right, that makes sense. And then yeah, they I come mean, up I, with a plan I, to extort it, extort her and blackmail her and be assholes. Yeah, they're like, well, where's her pointy hat? Oh, she doesn't have a pointy hat. No, uh, witches don't. Not all but, witches have pointy hats. Oh, yeah, it's it's a bit surprising, is all. Um, <laughs> so we we move along. I do like the line. The line where she, she says, it's not ladylike, uh, but I'm going to do it anyway. Where she like she straddles it instead of like sitting off to the side. I think that was funny. I thought that was a, a, yeah. good, a good little joke about feminism. She, she's um, like telling it to the cat. <laughs> yeah. The cat's like, what are you doing? You can't do that. I'm up to six fuck you Charlies. Golly. Um, yeah, he's such an asshole. Um, yeah. Uh, well, the extortion is what gets me, right? Where he's like, well, if you don't want me telling the priest that you're a witch, then I would consider giving me extra pudding for dinner. Um, <laughs> and, and a couple like, of dollars. And a, slide, a, slide a few buckskis my way. Um, Dollaroonies. Dollaroonies my way. Nope, sorry. I'm going to turn seen, you into uh, a frog. You know the movie, like the part in the movie... Uh, the, the the dark knight where where he's like let me get this straight you think you have all this information and you think bruce wayne a guy who gets into a suit and punches people is like he's the batman and you're planning to extort to, to him extort him <laughs> right that's yeah, like yeah, yeah. what happens here because now charlie is a rabbit uh and the cat hates rabbits and chases the rabbit and charlie dies and it's um, yeah sad for everyone except for josh <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's like he he turns back into a human. He's like, you make some good points. <laughs> so older woman, she is going back to school. That's great way to go for her. She's super matter um, of fact about her her magic. She's super like, yeah, she's super like, yes, I'm a magic person and I do magic. She's like very British. She's just like nothing like nothing phases her, and in that way, she's a lot like Mary Poppins. There's a lot of like 
similarities between her character and Mary Poppins, except that she's just like less good at stuff than Mary Poppins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it, and it's not necessarily her fault is the thing. We find that out later. Yeah. He, here's here's one, Tony, that I have for you that I want you to help clarify what it means. Okay. okay? I wrote down in quotations, what is that, poetry? Yeah, okay, so that's during the song. The age of not believing, and worst of all, you doubt yourself. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> He's like, he keeps interjecting after every verse. He's like, what What are you, are, are you singing right now? Really? She, are you crazy? She's basically like singing at him that like, that that she's a fucking witch and you've seen me do witchcraft and I'm gonna make this bed fly and you're not gonna get on the bed because what? You're too cool to like fly on a flying bed? And that's like yeah. the song, right? What? What is that? Poetry? Or what, you... what are you fucking singing poetry to me? I, I don't need that shit. You some kind of you some kind of William Shakespeare over here. Everybody, watch out! We gotta we gotta write Shakespeare on our hands. Okay, um, before we do the bed travel scene though, Josh, I wanna. <laughs> I wrote down asshole priest is important question mark, but I didn't write down yeah. anything that happened with him. He just apparently showed up and like, oh, I remember he delivered a letter and then he left yeah. and it was like, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> That's it. And he just was there and he was being an asshole and he was being a priest and he wanted, he was like assessing the property. Yep. Uh, got to, got to peek around. Um, very important <laughs> scene. Very crucial. I wrote, I always travel on the left. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. I lost it. I was like, that's such a subtle joke, and I love it. It's just, it's just an unnecessary, we're going to slide this joke right in here because it's funny. It's a bed. I, I really like that one. Yeah, they Let's they, see. they travel by 60s psychedelic trip. Like, that's how yeah. they, they go. It's like, they, like they're, the bed flies through space. Uh, then they drive the bed around the streets of London. They just like w like push the bed around the streets of London, like right, waving to people. Hey, how's it going? This is my bed. And yeah, <laughs> uh, they finally find special ah Professor Amelius Brown. What's in my mouth? Yeah. Are there marbles in my mouth? What's going on? I think mouth? well spit out those marbles, Tony. Yeah, it will make the podcasting part easier. Uh, they find yeah. the Professor Amelius Brown. <clears throat> He's a really bad magician, but he does it with flair. And he, yeah. like, cracks eggs on people's heads. And he, like, like breaks window panes. And he, like, sings a song about how he's a, sh he's a shitty magician. Uh, and then everybody boos at him, and he doesn't get any money. Yeah. Is this Portobello Road, Tony, or is that later? No, nah, dude. Not yet. Okay. This is where we meet I've him. Got a, and then I've got a... He, note that I'm like I, I'm holding on to that I don't know what it means. Okay, I, I wanted to get get your opinion on it. Okay, uh, uh, Portobello Road is at the end of this page of notes for me. Let me just uh, okay go. Okay, Professor is being cagey. Uh, so yeah. like basically what's going on is like Angela Lansbury's character shows up and is like, hey, I need that spell because I'm trying to save the fucking world because I right, am right. a real magician. The professor's like, um, sorry. Uh, we don't have spells um, anymore because of the war and stuff. Um, yeah, my my school got shut down. He's obviously a con artist. Yeah, he's like, definitely, we, we get he's it. definitely evil and like an asshole. He gets turned into a rabbit and he's so excited about it. He's like, I made spells that work. My spells work. Uh, uh, man, I love being a rabbit. 
<laughs> he lives, rabbits are my favorite. Uh, like they they go they find like the book. I'm gonna like kind of like skip past some things here. It's not yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. He, like they get a book. Uh, that's not. It's like it's torn. It's like the last spell is like the spell that lets people kill Nazis is, and then like the rest of the spell is gone. Right. Um. And got to, got to, you know, <laughs> for plot. <laughs> and <laughs> Emilius is like, I want Miss Professor Brown is like, I want you to go to showbiz with me, and she's like, I want to kill Nazis, and then they go to Portobello Road to get the rest of the book. Okay. All right. All right. So here's the thing, and I don't know why it's before Portobello Road because the things you just said doesn't make sense for what this, this <laughs> says. Did they go under underwater yet? Was there a fish smoking a cigar yet? Nah, dude. Okay, so that's that's not where I'm at, but I was thinking maybe that's where this note came from, and I don't think it is. I wrote down, and this is not a quotation, it's just I wrote it down. I wrote down, this bomb is my best friend. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that was one of the things that I said, uh, blah, 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 I'm skipping some stuff. <laughs> this bomb is my best friend. This bomb is my best friend. This so, bomb raised my children. <laughs> he uh, He's living in a mansion because there's an unexploded bomb in the front yard. Oh. And he's like, really, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. This bomb made everybody leave, <laughs> and so now I live in this bomb. cool mansion. Yeah, this bomb. This bomb is the mother of my children. Um, this bomb has always been there for me. Uh, um, so yeah, so that's, they, they that's like good content in front of an, an exploded bomb. It's pretty pretty intense. Yeah, I, thank you. I was wondering what, what that meant, and that that clears some stuff up for me. Thank you very much, Tony. For sure. This is like this is like this, what's happening right now. Is like that one that one movie Memento. We're, we're doing a Memento right now. <laughs> I'm like revealing to you. <laughs> you're you're revealing things from just like captions oh, of memory man, just we coming are so back. Prepared for this episode. I'm glad yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like whole whole pieces of my life are falling back into my head. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Um, okay, Portobello Road has a really cool song that lasts for like twelve minutes. Yeah, it's like we we got to get through this dance scene, and then um, the kids are terrible. They like break stuff. They steal stuff. They're awful. They're just fucking terrible kids. I wrote God, down damn. there that these kids are a nightmare. They they like... and and the thing is, they're doing it while everybody else is distracted by dancing, right? <laughs> so like nobody cares. They're just stealing shit and breaking shit because they can. And everybody else is dancing and stuff. Everybody yeah. else is dancing. And then just when you think the dancing is done, we've got another refrain. So, like, people go back to dancing. And then we yeah, have, like... stop for a minute, and then, and then we dance again. And then we we've got... Like... we got to throw in those, like, different cultures dances. It's very important yeah. that we show that there are four guys from, like, Pakistan doing their dance. And then we've got to show these uh, this Italian couple dancing. Then we've got to show like the the other people dancing and we've got to like the get through African all, army like yeah we've got to yeah. get through all of these groups that dance and then it after that weird. i had like problems with that because like like i didn't have problems with the dances themselves or anything it's just that like we only brought on these like other cultures for exotic dancing and mm -hmm. not for like 
they're not character. Like nobody's in there was a character. So like there's not like a character who's Pakistani or no. Like there's not a character who is from an African nation. We just like brought them on for like exotic dancing. Yeah, it, it's it's a matter of and they're only dancing with each other. They they dance separately from everyone else and then we we're done with them. They they're yeah. they are literally shitty. only good for in this movie. The only the reason that they are there is to do the dance of their homeland. And it's yeah. like that's not cool let's not yeah, do that it's really fucked up um it, it's pretty terrible i uh i really didn't like it the like marie said the dancing was really nice and i like like long choreographed dance sure i just like really don't like that i don't like where they just brought him in for exoticizing like that's it that's all they were there for that sucks yeah 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 yep. afterwards i i love this next scene it's like my favorite scene in the movie i'm so excited Okay, is it the prostitutes? No. Okay, I wrote down the prostitutes that he that the the guy Amelius Brown encounters two prostitutes on the street, and he said they're like, "Hey, how's it going?" And he says, "I don't know you." Yeah. And it's like, oh, I know, I know what this is. Yeah. That's, that's probably the adult joke of the the movie, right? It's like, just a shitty joke, though. Like, yeah, oh, man, damn. It is the adult joke of the movie. Yeah. But damn, man. I love how at the end of the dance sequence, everybody just sort of scatters and gets off the street. And, the, like, somebody comes out and is like, no more dancing tonight. That's the end of the dancing for, for this 24 hours. And it's like, okay, well, we got to get off the street now. Dancing's done. Time to leave. <laughs> time, to, time to go home and dance in our own homes. As long as no we one can see us. here anymore. Yep. Can't, uh, no, we, we can get arrested. That's against the law, dancing after nine. Um, my guess is that there is, like, some sort of curfew because of bombs and stuff, right? Well, sure. But, like, what good is a, a, a line of brick going to do you from dancing in the street versus dancing inside your house? Like, um, there's this weird know. footloose element to this movie that's not necessary. <laughs> um, anyway, so we move on. Uh, there was a fish smoking a cigar. That's great. No, no, no. You skipped my favorite scene. Oh, okay. Go back. We'll, we'll okay. get to the fish smoking a cigar. It's very important. The book guy is like is like a mafia like kingpin. Like he is so really interesting. He like sends his like strongman with a knife, and he's like mm -hmm. a book guy. He's like the bookman sent me, and mm -hmm. he's like he pulls out his knife and he's like, "You better come with me." Uh, and so they do, but they make the the strongman push the <laughs> push the the bed through the streets of London, and yes. Professor Brown's like, "Yeah, it's a gift. That's why you're pushing it and not me." And everybody's like, "Cool, cool, cool." Yeah, 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 That's for it. sure. That you can have this bed. Great. And then they just bring their bed into the bookstore and push it down the stairs. And the book guy is like a mafia boss. He's smoking a cigar. He's like, "What the hell did you say to me?" It's like very like it's so weird. He's like like they they didn't want to put a real villain in this movie, so they made like the book guy the villain. Yeah, you got to. You got to, right? Like this guy is just he's there and he wants that bed. Boy oh boy does he want that bed. It, you what? know what? Tony, can we can we actually backtrack for a second because we we talked about how weird it was that she flew on a broom, but we didn't talk about the fact that this bed travels through space and time. This bed is a TARDIS, and we didn't yeah, even only, mention only it. Only if you if you like are willing to go through sixty psychedelic like 
uh, images. So yeah. it's like it's different than the broomstick, which doesn't we, make you fly through the sixties. Right. This one does. Yeah, this is like this is like uh two thousand one a space odyssey. You gotta get through that whole sequence before you can get to where <laughs> you need to go. But this is like I I'm surprised that we didn't talk about it is my thing. Because it's like it's like a pretty it's, big plot point. Is the, it is. It's called Bell Mouse and Broomsticks. We talked about, about Broomsticks. We forgot about the a magic problem. bed. We got um, mad at magic bed. It, it flies. That's why they're pushing it through the streets of London. I just said they push it through the streets of London. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it flies and stuff. Uh, they, psychedelic yeah. 60s. Yeah. Anyway, they, the book guy is like, he is, he has half the spell and he has the other half of the spell. So they like put their books together and it's like, the only way to kill the Nazis is to go somewhere called Nabumbu and it's like oh shit we don't know where that is uh, and Nabumbu is where the spell is yeah. and so neither of their their books actually was useful so that whole Portobello Road scene was useless yeah. but luckily Paul found a book called Nabumbu and that same day and so we are able to go there talk about convenient is the thing there's this and it was a great scene my thing is like do we know is like is is the book guy like nefarious in any way does he want the spell so that he can like it's do something weird, bad right like they they like threaten her with knives like you're going to show me your half of the book or i'm gonna kill you with this knife yeah. and she's like uh no it's cool we can share the book and he's like good 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 now let's read the book together yeah oh my dear it's so good that we read this book together but Unfortunately, and like he just shares all the information, but then he's like, oh, "I'm gonna kill you with this knife." Well, now you can't leave. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. But like, you, you feel free do? to like, go sit on that bed if you want, though. Uh, <laughs> he's so weird. This yeah. is a super weird scene. Book mafioso guy is like so great. <laughs> no he's problem. Like, I yeah. want to know all of the things about him. I I am curious about what he's planning <laughs> because th that could have been a whole other thing if he got the amulet and it it turned into like a like a crazy story about him like taking over the world um, yeah like he would have definitely turned tanks into like transformers yeah 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 for sure and then you've got you know you've got nazis fighting alongside of like megatron and that's that's a bad that's a bad bake mary yeah. mary that's a bad bake <laughs> Now been, you can talk I, about the, the fish that's smoking a cigar, Josh. Now's your I, chance. Yeah. Here's your time. This is the moment. This is what we've all been waiting for. The the, the psychedelic trick. Oh, the bed's uh, flying. Yeah. Ooh. And now they're yeah, underwater. We, we get there. We're, we're back uh, out of the psychedelic quantum leap thing. Woo. And then suddenly there's the fish smoking a cigar. And they're underwater. And they're just like, cool. Yeah. And that's it. And he's smoking a cigar underwater. And it's funny because you can't underwater yeah uh, they they sing a song about being in the ocean the octopus cheats at cards uh, yeah angela lansbury dances with the fish does like yeah. a thousand flips while <laughs> yeah, she's for dancing. some reason i don't know why they're dancing in the first place it's 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 it this is one of the things that we talked about in the interview too that it felt like they were forcing a relationship here for no yeah. reason that like yeah really made me uncomfortable that them dancing was like fine but they are underwater, and, <laughs> like... They have, like, a thing that they want to do today. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, like, more importantly, the, the kids are just sitting on the bed, and they're, like, talking like normal, but the physics underwater still work, right? So, like, you're, you're still, like, floating and, like, bobbing whenever you dance. Yeah, she does, like, a thousand flips. It's yeah. amazing. 
I, I imagine it was fun to like do to like to to actually get in there and put those wires on and like do all those flips and stuff but kind of it took like 20 minutes like yeah (laughs) like here here's the thing like we talk about this movie being so long you cut out portobello road you cut out this you cut out the soccer game that we're about to get to and you've got like a a tight like hour and a half right yeah (laughs) like that's that's preferable let's do that instead well yeah they 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 get finished dancing the musical and so they had to put in the dances yeah that's fine. I mean, Whatever. like that's the time, right? Like they, that they're like music musicals were longer and had more dances that what? weren't always plot. Whatever, man. Whatever. Yeah. They they get there, they they finish dancing, and then they leave because there was no reason for them to be here in the first place. Right. They go to the island, and uh, Baloo slash Sheriff John caught them. Sheriff it's John, just... Little John. Sher- oh, fucking Little John, man. Damn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna get into this again, Tony. We can't. We can't. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, Baloo slash Little John caught them. <laughs> yeah. And it's and like, no peopling allowed. If you are um, a people, then you have to get the hell out of here. He is not happy. He's very yeah. displeased. He's not very happy. No. Um, okay, so he takes them to the to the lion who's like, uh, who's like a big, like, king or whatever. And he has the amulet around his neck that says the spell that kills the Nazis. So. Right. Remember that this whole movie is about killing Nazis with a magic spell. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, Marie pointed this out to me. The bird is called a secretary bird. The species. Right. And that's why it's the second in command. Ah. Secretary bird. Secretary bird. Yeah. Interesting. That's what it's like to have a zookeeper watch movies with you. Yeah, weird. Um, <laughs> so there was this unnecessary moment. We talked about it in the interview too, but I want to reiterate it that like the the lion is yelling at the his assistant uh, because he's upset that they don't get to play soccer anymore and it, it, because they don't have a ref is the thing. And like who when, when they actually play soccer, the ref doesn't mean anything because they don't play by any rules. So like why the fuck do you even need a ref? And why are so you upset just, like, that you can run over 100 whatever. Times. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, they, they play by their own rules. Yeah, it's not like you need a ref there. Anyway, he does so, whistle a lot. They just like ignore him. Yeah, like the, so. Who cares? Why even play with a ref? Just do like five on five and call it quits. Like anyway, so he, they, Angela Lansbury is like, oh, we should go talk to him. And Price, not Price, what's his name? Brown. He's he's like, no, no, no. Hold on a second. I'm a man. I'll go talk to him. And it's like, fuck you. God, yeah. you suck. And then he comes out and they're buddy buddying and like chumming it up. And he's like, "I'll be your referee, no problem." So he like gets his comeuppance though. Like, th- like this is the thing that like I don't know if you talked about it in the interview. He like does this sh- thing, this shitty thing. Yeah. And like, and he does it twice. Both times though, he like, like it comes back flying in his face. So he like tries to like, like the whole movie, he hasn't literally done anything except like be on the bed when yeah. the bed flies from the magic spell that like that Miss Price is doing that Angela Lansbury is doing he doesn't do shit yeah uh, except he the only thing he ever does is steal the necklace um, yeah which is like cool and he like uses his like entertainer like swip, swap or whatever to like like illusionary magic to switch it but like he like tries to get in the way tries to rep the soccer game He's like, ah, I'm going to do this cool thing. I'm going to ref this soccer game to make the king like us so we can steal his necklace. 
got and to. And he just like yeah. gets run over. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. he's like, he's like, oh, I'll keep this necklace. Women always lose things. I wrote down, fuck you with yeah. three exclamation points. And then he lost it. So like the movie yeah. is like making fun of that shit. Like it's not condoning it. Like he is an, he is an asshole character. It does condone it though, because like ultimately she like gets with him probably. Well, um, okay. So here's the thing too and it's condoning it without knowing that it's condoning it because like and i i bring it up in the interview that like the 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 soccer match is just him doing things and the woman and the three kids just sitting on the sidelines and that yeah, bothers he me doing? he's so getting much. run over like yes like, but the scene is about him and it's like boring it's stupid we just have this unnecessary scene of them doing the exact same things back and forth back and forth and then like the one funny thing about this scene, the one redeeming quality about this scene, is how fucking excited those vultures get to just be a part of something. They're like, they're like, oh, we gotta stop everything. Everybody, hold on. The guy's hurt, and they're like, yeah, we're gonna come onto the field, hooray! And then he's like, no, no, I'm fine. And then they like walk away, sad. Oh, let me. It was our time to shine. <laughs> it was almost. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say this. This is what I, why I would say that it's like they're making fun of that shit. Right. So, like, he, they're all watching on the sideline. The kids and, and Miss Price are all watching on the sideline. And, like, he's getting run over. They basically do the same thing except in reverse during the actual fight that actually is important where they actually kill the Nazis. Right. Where Miss Price is riding on a broom, has the fucking British flag flying off the back of her uh of her broom and is like leading troops and yeah mr brown and the kids are in the back so like it's like reversed except that like when he's doing it like he's just getting run over and like is being like clobbered to death versus she's her doing when it, she's like kicking ass yeah she's like fucking kicking ass and taking names and yeah. like and so i would say that like it is clear that she is like the badass in this movie and the professor brown is like a bubbling idiot which yeah. is why it's a good movie I actually didn't mind this part because, like, yeah, it's shitty, but, like, he gets his comeuppance. And, okay. like, she actually, like, wins. It's a good movie until the end where it's like, well, I'm done being a witch now, and you can go to the armory, army and be a hero because he's been a bumbling fucking idiot the whole movie. Yeah. And then suddenly, like, a, like, superhero at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you see I, what I'm saying, though? No, I, I agree with you. That's, that's fair. A um, couple of things from this scene before we move on. The royal entrance says, for kings or better. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, the yeah. line that Charlie says, um, or sh she's like, they're animals. And he's like, that's no excuse for dirty football. Um, I thought that was really funny. And that then was I wrote, probably his best moment. <laughs> yeah. I wrote down that vultures were just excited to help. I already talked about that. We, we leave here. It, the guy loses the amulet, yada, yada, yada. And then the next note that I have is that they scared off the priest. Um, that's the next yeah. thing I have. So there's two scenes with the priest here. The asshole priest is jealous of Professor Brown getting groceries for Miss Price. Mm -hmm. And that's really important because he's jealous. And we really care about this asshole priest and his like motivations and stuff. Right. And we know his name, too. Uh, and then there's like they try to do the Draguna <laughs> Macoyas Dracorum Satis D. The 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 magic amulet that had the magic spell disappears because they they left the cartoon world and right. they're now in the real world 
Um, but good news, it's in the kid's book the whole time. So yep, didn't even have to go. Didn't even have to go. It's Traguna, Macoidus, Chicordum, Satis D. Right. No, 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 no. Chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang. It sounds very similar to that song to me. Yes. Um, he, like, anyway, the spell works, the shoes start flying all over the place, uh, clothes dance with people. It's another dancing scene, except it's with, like, disembodied clothes. Yeah. Uh, and that's what scares off the asshole priest, who, like, came to say hello, hello or something. He came to tell her his true feelings, that he's there to wed her, and he's going to leave the, the life of priesthood behind him. Um, it was a very moving scene, uh, and then he got scared off by witchcraft. Um, yeah. Uh, like, what is this movie trying to tell us about priesthood? I don't know, because we only see him, like, five times, and he doesn't have any lines. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the point was that he's scared of witches. Um, um, I guess. It was he, super weird. They, like, didn't want to delve into anything with that. They could have, though. Uh, I mean, they anyway. could have. Sure. Whatever. Um Stuff is going crazy all over the place, uh, and then, like, the, okay, so the, we, like, pass along the ways, um, and this is, like, the scene that really started to bother me. It's, like, there's, like, this juggling laughter scene, and, like, she's super serious because uh, the the 90s all danced instead of doing what she wanted her wanted it to, and, like, the moral of the story seemed to be at this point that like she's too serious and he makes her laugh so like right. that's what like like that's like what she needs or whatever because she's like very like proper and he's very like goofy but he's also like just an asshole who doesn't do anything yeah um I, a bit unnecessary this scene where like he he's about to leave and he's like uh i could stay if you want and she's like no no please leave um and then the kids are like are you gonna be my dad um, and yeah, it's, like, it's so weird. They met him literally this morning. They all met him this morning. Are, are you guys in love? Are you going to get married? And, and the, she's like, well, I don't know. I don't really want to marry this asshole stranger. Um, Who, like, his whole thing is that his his greatest quality is that he can steal stuff, I guess? Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I, I don't really feel like marrying this complete stranger who is also a dick. Um, and then the kids keep like pushing it they're like oh you're our new dad now and you're our new mom and it's like no i haven't really we're not really a family like i'm taking care of you until you can i go met back you there. guys yesterday i met the i met the the guy this morning we, yeah like neither neither like, of these things are happening probably like i actually like the idea of her like adopting the kids ultimately or like I staying don't. in contact with him because sure. like she like she has grown as a person is like the idea like because she was with them well like, and that's fine they, i'm they, fine with that they're, they're not going to go back to their orphanage or to their home after this because or not within like a day they're at least right. going to continue to stay here like right until because, they can figure stuff out but yeah, yeah like but the, she she's not their mom she like it's possible that she won't even adopt these kids uh, which is fine, yeah. Which is fine. But what's more important is that she's not going to marry this dude. Yeah, that's, uh, the, that's the thing that I'm reading. <laughs> that, that's, like, let's oh, let's no. make that entirely clear. That's not going to happen. And then they he's made... like, I'm going to go off to war now. Um, okay, great. You you go do that. Don't worry about coming back here. Thanks. Uh, 
uh, they make a, a song about how lonely she is, which is shitty. It's only like a minute long. Yeah. And I was like, God damn, I hate this. Uh, and then we get some some Nazi action. The Nazis, Nazis. are coming. 20. The Nazis are at the window. The Nazis are in the house. The Nazis are using their house as the base. Yeah. It's real scary. Those Nazis speak German and they're scary. Yep. They're there. And then they uh, they they do the spell and they're inside of this church or whatever. It's either a church or a museum or whatever it is. They do the spell and um, there's like a ton of things inside of this church slash museum. Dude, there's so many. It's like a huge museum. They like so they bring they do the Traguna Matata on all of these people. Yeah. And they like there's like a thousand of them. They show like the a screenshot of like an army that is like there's like Spaniard like cloaks and yeah. like it's like knights in shining armor kind of like stuff, but it's just, just di disembodied. And so all of this stuff comes to life. Yeah. Uh, there's flags coming to life, there's drums, there's horns. It's like very cool. How uh, big is very this big. fucking museum? This huge museum. This museum is way too like it is bigger than the Smithsonian. Yeah. Um, it's gotta be. And it's only full of knights. Um, yeah, and she's really badass. She like she is like riding out with a flag on her back, and she's like directing the troops what to do. And they shoot at the troops, and the shooting doesn't work. And there's some like fun scenes where like the the guy the 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 knight armor like empties out its boot, and there's lots of bullets inside its boot. And that's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, like, and I wrote down why not shoot at the witch, and then they they do right after I wrote it down. Uh, uh, and well, fine, she gets exploded. And oh the no! Troops all melt, uh, and so that was scary for a second. But then the old men with guns from the beginning of the movie, which I'm, I, I hope you remembered, Josh. I did. They shoot him, shoot him back, and yep, they're and there. They're like, we taught those guys a lesson. Yeah, because they don't, they don't know that there's a witch and all of the other guys. They just are like, they show up right at the last second, and they see the Nazis running away. They're like, we did it. We're the best. <laughs> we're um, the fucking best. <laughs> we're the, we're the best around. Nothing's gonna we're ever so bring good us at down. Stuff. Yeah, we're 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 boy. This town is lucky that we're here to save them from those twenty Nazis. It's um, a good thing. It's weird that I had to run over and jump over the like Smithsonian's museum stuff uh, as I came, but that's weird. But that's yeah. cool. Uh, those Nazis were, they were trying clearly to steal trying the to steal. Smithsonian? Stuff? Yeah, they're trying to huh. steal all of our our uh, armor. Um, come to yeah. think of it, we probably should have been wearing some of that armor. Uh, because we're just a bunch of old guys. Um, yeah, with that's like it. That's the whole movie and stuff. Yep. And yeah, then we're gonna. It, it it ends shitty, but we talk about the ending a bunch. She doesn't become a witch. She doesn't like poison dragon liver. She she becomes she's just a, done. like a war hero or whatever. Yep. Done, uh, and done she with does witchcraft. not do. She does not do transformer tanks to attack the Nazis, which would have been a better ending. It would have sure. been a better ending. Yeah, yeah. And then and she like sends... maybe a better sequel. You know, like yeah. Transformer tanks. Yeah. Send uh, send anyway. them across the ocean to to Germany. Battle on the the their turf. Um, but yeah. it's fine. Whatever. You know. Um, and then the guy comes back and ruined it because it's always about him. Um, yeah, it, it was weird. Like, we didn't care about him very much. I didn't care about him very much the whole movie until, no. and then, like, at the end, he's like, okay, I'm going to war now. She's, she's like, like okay. okay, I'm going to stay home with the children and not do stuff. Yep. Uh, yeah, because that's, anyway, it could have been better, and it was worse than I remember it being. And I yep. don't know if that's because of my brain or because of, like, because of the movie. Like, I was, 
was it shitty when I first watched it, or was it is it like I have changed? I think that it it our our, our minds our nostalgia factors are kicking in because I and I mentioned this again in the interview that like I remember there being more of of Nabumbu or whatever uh, and th- those kinds of scenes. But yeah. it, it was just the one, and it was just them playing soccer for a super long time, and um, <laughs> that was it. Like it, the fact that that's uh, that's all that I remember from this movie was uh, a bit disappointing. I was a bit let down with this movie. Um, yeah. Not to not to mention all the times that the guy was like, uh, "Women can't keep anything organized. Why do women suck so much?" Um, yeah. And it was like, okay, that seems unnecessary. The, or, the, the, the scene at the end where she was like leading the tro- troops was really cool and badass. Yeah, like sure. that was like that was like definitely the best part of the movie. The um, the total number of fuck you Charlies by the end of the movie was twelve. By the way, if you okay. cared, um, I do. Yeah, so that's that's the the important thing of uh, of this movie. The moral of the story, Tony, is that witches are, are badass. Yeah. Witches are badass. Priests are really important to the plot, and yeah, we should definitely care about them and who they are and why they keep coming to the door for some reason. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's delivering mail is the thing. Like, de- but, yeah, like that's not his job. He just yeah, like pri- rides a bike around. Yeah, and... priests. You know, priests' job Father... is to do mail. I don't know, man. Well, that's all I got, man. Yeah, that's it. There was there was a fish smoking a cigar. It was cool. Um, it was there was a an asshole guy and a, and a cool ass witch. Yep, and, and a dragon liver and some some Nazis and that's it. So that was <laughs> that was our take on bed knobs and broomsticks. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope uh, you also enjoyed the interview with Rachel Rosing. Thanks so much, Rachel, for being on the show again. Really, really appreciate sure. it. You can find her show on iTunes. Uh, Beckett to the Future, a Quantum Leap podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Front Porch Disney. You can find us on iTunes. Please leave a rating and a review. That stuff really helps. Also, share with your friends. Please, please, please. It helps us so much to grow. Season three has been awesome so far, and we really, really want to keep that going. Yeah. I think that's everything. Okay. Would you like me to sing out? I mean, if you want. I mean, you could do you could do whatever you want. Uh, Traguna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Chaguna Matata. McCoy T. Satisd. It means shoes move around <laughs> for the rest of the song. <laughs> I love to linger here like this. And steal a kiss or two On the front porch with you All I want Hey Dawn, remind me again how most people watch TV shows? Really? That's silly, Rachel. They watch them the totally normal way. They start at episode one, and then they move on to two and three and so on. Hmm... Okay, I was thinking for our Quantum Leap podcast, Beckett to the Future, we could try something different. Different, you say? Yeah, different. Like, what if we watch the episodes in chronological order of the dates that Sam Beckett leaps to? Would we still discuss all the cringeworthy moments, review all the historical accuracy and inaccuracies, 
and do detailed reviews of Al's outfits? Of course. Won't it be heckin' confusing, though? Of course. Okay, let's do it. Listen to Beckett to the Future, a Quantum Leap podcast, every Thursday on iTunes and BeckettFuturePod.com. Oh, boy. Oh boy.